Hey, Waters Church Facebook Live watchers and podcast listeners, my name is Tim, or is it? Today we are doing a very special Halloween special episode of the Deep End Podcast with my friend Martin Luther, Waters Church. I am your father. This is the Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to the Deep End Podcast, brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us, and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. Welcome in, everybody, to The Deep End Podcast on this very special Halloween episode. And I am your host, Martin Luther. Martin Luther. And we'll talk about why that's important in a few moments. But we also have some other guests in the studio. (laughs) Would you please welcome Pope Boniface IV. Hello. How are we doing, Pope? Doing good, man. You know, you and I shouldn't be talking. No. But we are. Yes, we are. We've come a long way. Yes. Death has <laughs> death has treated us well. <laughs> I don't know whether here, Pope Boniface or Hagrid from Harry Potter. Here we are in the same studio. <laughs> and, and, and over here we've got um, Stranger Things. 80s guy. 80s guy. <laughs> Stranger Things 2. Yep. Who is excited about... Stranger Things 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Wrong song. There we go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Stranger Things 2 is coming back or coming Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. I am excited. Are you excited? Let us know in the comments if you're excited. Yes. I just love that track. Fantastic. Fantastic. The synths, the 80s. Oh, Uh, I think it's safe to say, Shane, you know this more than these guys know this. The 1980s were the greatest uh, decade of all time. Greatest decade of my life. Greatest decade. Mine too. I was born in the 1980s. You were? What what year were you born? 88. 88. Yes, sir. For those of you who can't recognize, that is Josh Pereira, our worship director. (laughs) Creative (laughs) arts director. Yeah, I gave it away. (laughs) Your your costume is so thick. It is overwhelming. (laughs) I got a hat and this, you know, graduation gown. Hello. So it is Halloween season, and we thought we would do a special talk about Halloween and what people do around this time of year, especially Christians, especially church people. We tend to freak out about this kind of season. Some of us do. Some Christians do. And some are totally okay with it. And we have a couple of announcements, and one of them has to do with Halloween. So Shane, or who do I call you? 80s guy. 80s guy. (laughs) Give us the announcements. My head is so itching right now. I'm not used to having hair. <laughs> anyway, Trunk or Treat is this Saturday, 1 to 3 at all three locations. First Wednesday is November 1st. First Wednesday is going to be this November 1st. Operation Christmas Child Boxes are due back November 4th and 5th. We have baptisms this weekend. Praise Woo! God. Everybody like, I think we have nine baptisms? Nine. Oh, something like that, yeah. Yes. And then our next baptism class is Saturday, November 4th at 10 a.m. And a new growth track starts November 5th at 11.30 a.m. And Stranger Things premieres Friday night on Netflix. Yes. 
<laughs> That's not a church announcement, but that is a slipped that in. You, you, you kept the tag on that yeah, jacket, same I see. Thing, jacket. Yeah. I'm going to return it Monday. <laughs> return it. <laughs> Sorry, Savers, if you're listening. <laughs> Hopefully nobody from Savers is listening because they're going to be like, I saw you on the Deep End podcast. You know? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> November uh, 1st is next Wednesday, and, uh, you know, Halloween is six days away, but this is like a little bit of early. But, you know, what? This is the f- last podcast before Halloween, so we have to do it today. Right. And then, and then on November 1st, also a special podcast episode will be playing at noon next Wednesday. It is the holiday season is upon us, friends, and that means your money is going to leave your house very quickly. So next week, I'm excited to bring in a special guest with me, a pre-recorded podcast. Dan Rayberg from our Financial Peace team is coming in. Oh, awesome. And he is going to talk about how to survive financially in the holiday season. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about that because you know what? How many people get to the holidays? They have no plan. They don't know what to do with their money. And before they know it, their money's gone. And then January, in the middle of winter and snow and cold, you have to struggle along financially and get all stressed out about your debts. So avoid that problem this year. Join us next week as we do a special podcast concerning uh, money and finances in the holiday season. All right, let's talk about Halloween. Halloween. Um, Oh, but before we get to Halloween, remember that there was this fantastic, uh, the the Stranger Things um, uh, trailer has the Thriller soundtrack to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 80s vibe. Fantastic. Now, this guy talking is a very famous actor from from Days of Yore. And uh, we have a trivia question for all of you podcast listeners, uh, Facebook Live watchers. Who is the guy saying this in the Thriller soundtrack? Yes. That's a good question. That's a good question. See what happens. Just put your answer right, in. So if you know the answer, put it in the comments. And the person who says it first gets a what? $50 Amazon gift card. $50 Amazon Ooh, gift card. Come on. And how are they going to get it if they... So uh, they can stop by Info Central this weekend and pick it up. Yeah. You have to come to church to get the prize. It pays to listen to the podcast. Yes, it does. Now, we are going to get to the Bible as well today. This is not just about Halloween. <laughs> I don't want you to think this is not. We are we are taking seriously the opportunity to win. Oh, you have a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, it's uh, Vincentino. 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 Good and, job. And what an appropriate name to win the prize because who is it? Vincent Price. Vincent Price. <laughs> Wasn't he the voice of a Disney one. character, I think, too? Uh, he was a voice of a lot of things. Yeah. He was a big-time actor. Mm. And now a whole generation of millennials are going to think, oh, that's the Stranger Things guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like my generation thought, oh, that's the Thriller guy. And he had this long, illustrious Hollywood career. And sometimes you get defined by one event in your life, and that, that's what happens. Anyway. Yeah. So let's talk about Halloween, shall we? Um, there's three camps that we all fall into when it comes to Halloween, in the church or out of the church. Well, I don't know. I think only, only in the church. Three camps that we fall into. Are you an avoider, an embracer, or a vacillator? An avoider is a person who says, I don't want anything to do with Halloween. It's all about the devil. Or an uh, embracer says, I love the whole stinking thing, and I love candy, and that's why I... <laughs> <laughs> or are you a vacillator? And, my, and yesterday in our production meeting, poor Michael, he told us that his family growing up was, were vacillators. 
We're so sorry for you, Michael. One year they would celebrate Halloween, and then the next year they'd be like, sorry, we're not doing it this year. (laughs) (laughs) This year we have Christian convictions. So in the backslidden years, I guess, they would do Halloween and take them trick-or-treating. Could you imagine doing that with Christmas for your kids? Sorry, kids. <laughs> We're not doing anything for Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we, uh, we feel a little bit too Christian to have Christmas this year. Way to jack up your kids, man. But what are you? And those of you in the, in the comments section on Facebook Live, please let us know. What are you? Or what were you raised as? Were you raised an avoider? In other words, it's of the devil, so stay away. Were you raised an embracer? Or were you raised a vacillator? And I am proud to say, I am very happy to say that I was raised by two wonderful embracers. My mom and dad loved Halloween. And every year, my mom would pack us all into the car, and we would go down the street and gather all the candy we could get. And then we'd bring it home and unpack it and just chow down. Mm. I loved it. I loved Halloween growing up. What about you guys? Go ahead. I, I think I think I had a split camp. You had you a know. split camp. Yeah, it was it was uh, one was an embracer, the other was a vacillator. Really? Yeah. So uh, you gonna tell us who's who? No. <laughs> to protect the innocent. <laughs> to protect the innocent. Yes. Yeah. So there were some years that we'd go out, and then there were other years where you know it was discouraged to go out, and we went out anyway, or we didn't, or you know. So how did that mess with your psyche? Like, how did you turn out normal? I don't know if I'm normal. Jury's <laughs> still, the still out there. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. No, you know, honestly, I think uh, people make a big deal out of nothing, man. Yeah. You know, I, I'm happy to say I'm a proud embracer now. You're an embracer now. As are the uh, the other folks. And, you, well. and your wife, will she be, is she an embracer? Oh, absolutely. She loves, that's her favorite holiday. Halloween. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So your kids are definitely going to be <clears throat> trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. And then Shane, or I'm sorry, 80s guy. 80s guy was an embracer when he, he was a embra- kid. Yep. Embracer. I loved it. Yeah. Man, I mean, how can you not love this this holiday? It's fantastic. It is totally for kids because they get to dress up. What kid doesn't like to dress up? My kid, Jake, he loved to dress up whether it's Halloween or, you know, July 3rd. <laughs> He's a dresser-upper. So, and, and as a parent, I mean, the fun level just goes tenfold as a parent because I love seeing Jakey go into the room. Well, Olivia and Connor, my first two, but they're so old, they don't, they're not going to do it anymore. But Jake still does it. And it's just like we get to do it all over again. And he's so funny because he goes into the house. One time he walks up to a house and they open the door and he sticks his head into the house, <laughs> like, like sticking his entire head into the door. And we're like, Jakey, come on. So anyway, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's typical Jake for those of you who know Jake. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I don't know where you fall in the camp, embra- uh, avoider, embracer, vacillator, but I, I think you need to understand something, uh, and especially you avoiders or your vacillators. At the end of the day, 99% of the people in America believe that Halloween is about one thing, and that is candy. It is about candy and sweets and giving your kids memories that they'll be happy that they experienced it. And at the end of the day, all you really want to do is just post pictures to social media about how much fun you guys had on Halloween. This is some, uh, I got some interesting facts about Halloween. Halloween is the second highest grossing commercial holiday after Christmas. Wow. Wow. I did not know this. I mean, that's that's serious coin. How, mu- how much money? I have no billions, idea. Billions. Oh, I, yeah, actually, I do have some ideas. Billions. Uh, well, not decorations, I don't know, but $5 billion worth of candy is sold for <laughs> Halloween every year. Wow. In America, one, five billion. Five billion. One quarter of all candy sold annually in the United States is sold only for Halloween night. 
So a quarter a quarter of the annual revenues of the candy manufacturers happens because of Halloween. Wow. Okay. For um, Americans consume twenty million pounds of candy corn each year. Wow. I love candy corn. Yeah. You like candy corn? I'm not a big fan. Oh, I do. I like it. I put it in your teeth and make fangs. No, I used to bite it off and bite it off piece by piece. <laughs> yes, make fangs. I used to bite it off piece by piece. The first the first color, the second color, third color. But they all taste the same. The white. I was always, I was always disappointed. They should taste different. Candy Do we have any candy corn in the in the trick or treat bag? We got Twix. What's your favorite? What's your favorite candy bar? Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. You're a peanut butter guy. Yeah. What about you, Ooh. Father? <laughs> Milky Ways are good too. I'm a, I'm a, I think I'm a Snickers guy. Oh, hey. Whoa, whoa. Win a chicken dinner. Oh. Yes. <laughs> well, it's no secret by now that I'm an almond joy guy. Mm. I love almond joy because I always feel like a nut. <laughs> I never feel like I don't. Um, nine, now, some other statistics about Halloween. Four in ten adults admit that they sneak sweets from their own candy bowl. So they're giving away some, but they're eating oh, a bunch of themselves. Oh, get sure. high on your own supply, man. Mm-hmm. And then they back end it, too. They back. <laughs> We'll just skip right over that. Uh, they back end it, too, because 90% of parents admit to sneaking goodies from their kids' Halloween trunk or treat bags. Trick or treat bags. So 90% of parents are stealing from their kids. Wow. So I think the real sin of Halloween is not the ghosts and the goblins. It's the stealing of the parents. My goodness, parents. <laughs> Would you say when, yeah, it was like members. tax? The tax man used to take 10% from your kids' bags? I used it, yeah. Yeah, you, told, you said I that am, once from the pulpit. I am one. the tax man. Yeah, 10% kids. <laughs> yes. And I tell them, you're going to pay taxes. Go get your candy, but you're paying taxes. And they're like, eh. Who cares? You're giving, a, giving me some candy. <laughs> <laughs> so Halloween is about candy. And if you don't believe that, then you don't know capitalism. <laughs> because this is what this country is all about. This country's favorite god is not Satan. This country's favorite god is money. So uh, I want to talk about the origins of Halloween. And then I want to talk about how we should treat Halloween as Christians. And then we're going to talk about what to do when you have a Christian friend who does not like Halloween. Or if you're a per, uh, person who doesn't like Halloween and you have a Christian friend who does like Halloween. And we will do all that right after this. The Deep End is presented by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. If you're looking for a church, we invite you to come check out one of our services on Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. And now, back to The Deep End. Uh, we got vacillators. We got uh, embracers, avoiders. What do we got? Yeah, a lot of embracers. A lot of embracers. A few avoiders. One vacillator. Yeah. I don't know if the avoiders are going to be like, I'm an avoider. Enter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's of the devil. The avoiders won't watch oh, no. the podcast anymore. Someone says it's a compromise. It's a compromise? Yep. Mm. I hear you. All right. So let's talk about the origins of Halloween. And I want to clarify a lot of misconceptions by Christians about Halloween. Um, this is from uh, a website, uh, the Huffington Post, and uh, you can take it for what it's worth because it's from there, but it backed up a lot of other websites that I searched and researched on this. Uh, Halloween has its roots in Samhain, Samhain, which was a Celtic festival in the fall uh, in northern France, England, and Scotland. And the festival marked the end of summer, the beginning of the dark winter time. And it was believed during this festival that spirits of the dead returned on the eve, on this eve to damage crops and play tricks on the living. And it was also believed that the Celtic priests or Druids were able to make predictions about the future, which they did during large bonfire celebrations. 
So this is where we get bonfires from. Oh, if wow. you've ever been at a Christian bonfire, you're at a Christian pagan festival. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, this is from the Celtics of the, um, uh, the uh, Northern European region. And I, I have news for a lot of Christians out there. It has never been about Satan. It has never this this idea that Halloween is about Satan is actually a a, a Christian invention, um, and I'll prove to you why that's true. Uh, where does the idea of Satan come from? The Bible. Yes, the Bible. <laughs> the Bible is where we get the idea of Satan. There's no there is no record of anybody worshiping Satan outside of the people who knew what the Bible was. No. And so, you know, the, the whole idea that there's this, this guy named Satan, which is true, comes from the Christian scriptures and people who worship Satan today. Most of them are people who just have rejected Christianity. Uh, and so to say that this came from pagans who had never heard the scriptures, ancient pagans who had never heard the scriptures talk about Satan and decided to worship <laughs> Satan is nonsense. Now, Day of the Dead, sure. That actually does have some relevance to the uh, ancient origins of Halloween. Um, but what you have to understand, too, is that the ancient people of, of Northern Europe and, and other parts of the world, they were trying to figure out how to describe the seasons of the year. So today we know that the Earth is a sphere. It rotates around the sun. It, sp it spins around as it rotates. And then the axis of the Earth goes like this. It vacillates. So in the fall, the days get shorter. In the spring, the days get longer. Now, we know that because of scientific discovery. But ancient people were like, what the heck's going on? Today is a lot shorter than yesterday. And, and the day before that was a little bit longer than this. And so it's like you have to realize they were trying to figure out their world. Yeah. You know, they're trying to say, okay, well, what is this? Oh, the days are getting short. Oh, this must be about dead people because it was dark and it was like all that kind of stuff. So, and, and by the way, we can't grow crops. So uh, maybe there's spirits that are attacking our crops late at night. They were inventing stories to figure out why the natural cycle of the seasons was happening. They were not sitting there trying to invent ideas of, hey, let's worship something other than God. I mean, that's just, that just comes naturally to everybody. But it wasn't about necessarily Halloween. It was about figuring out the seasons. And so most of the time, it was just a celebration of the fact that the harvest is over. And we got to wait for the sun to come back before we can plant crops again. Is that where the, uh, the equinox and solstice come from? Yeah. 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 That's, that's also from ancient, you know. Druids or something like that. I, I don't know exactly where that's from, but what happened in the um, in the uh, like the second century BC is the Romans invaded the Celtic region, and they saw them celebrating this festival, and they and they figured and they heard from the Celtics, oh, this is our Day of the Dead, and the Romans said, well, we have a Day of the Dead too. It's in February, but you know what? We like your Day of the Dead, so they decided to adopt the Day of the Dead, and so the Romans uh, established the festival called uh, Feralia. Feralia. And this was in October, and it was to honor uh, Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees and all this stuff. And so uh, basically, again, it's about harvest time. It's about fruitfulness. It's about, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say. Now, what's really interesting, podcast listeners and Facebook watchers, is that in 800 AD, after the Christians had um, colonized the Celtic region and made many disciples of the Celts, uh, they decided to embrace the Celtic holiday, the Ro now Roman holiday, um, and just make it their own holiday. So they show up in the Celtic regions, and the Celtics are like, hey, you know, we have a day where we honor the dead, and we think about the dead. 
And the Christians are like, hey, we love talking about the dead. We got <laughs> saints and we got people who we honor still today and Moses and all these people and our church fathers and everything. My robe is getting in the way of all my hand movements here. But anyway, <laughs> they're like, hey, we, we're Christians. We love talking about the dead. And we, and we believe we're going to see the dead one day. That's amazing. So, hey, we'll take your holiday and we'll make it Christian. And that's how we get um, All Saints Day, November 1st. So anyway, and who, who was it that uh, you? It was me. You, wasn't sir, Pope, Pope Boniface, Boniface the Fourth, is the designator <laughs> of All Saints Day. Thank you, Pope yeah, thanks, Boniface. Pope. You got it. I actually started the podcast by saying we were we we death has treated us well. We we reconciled, but I don't think Martin Luther and Pope Boniface would have been enemies. I don't think so because. Well, you were like 700 years before <laughs> Martin Luther, and it was a totally different church back then. But anyway, what happens is Pope Boniface says, hey, we're going to call this All Saints Day. We're going to honor our saints, our dead saints, and we're going to replace the Seyun Festival, or Seyun, whatever it's called, Seyun Festival, uh, and we're going to designate it a Christian festival. And so this is what's amazing, um, Waters Church members and Christians who are listening, and avoiders, please listen. What's amazing about church history, you've got to read church history, it's fascinating, is that our church fathers didn't avoid um, the world. They freely embraced the practices of the world, and they Christianized it. Wow. That's what they did. They're like, oh, you got a festival for this. We're going to make that Christian. Uh, by the way, this is where we get Christmas no. and Easter. No. Wait. Yes. I have some bad news for you people who like to avoid Halloween because of its pagan origins. Um, Christmas was an uh, ancient pagan festival. Uh, the idea of bringing a Christmas tree into your house was rooted in paganism um, because, again, people were trying to identify or understand the seasons of the year and the darkness and the climate. They would bring greenery into their home and worship the god of greenery, and they would think, okay, now this is the way that we get the spring to come back and we get harvest season once or we get planting season and food once again. And, but again, it was a pagan festival, not rooted in Satanism. Satan comes from the Bible. But it was rooted in paganism and um, all kinds of practices that are not Christian, and I understand that. And Easter itself was a pagan holiday worshiping the goddess of spring. Do you feel that <clears throat> Satan was still behind all of those pagan things? Well, you know, the Bible calls Satan the god of this world, and I think that, yes, Satan does inspire um, all disobedience. But remember that that the scriptures teach us that mankind is in bondage to sin. And the reason why mankind is in bondage to sin is because mankind forfeited his ability to rule over creation at the Garden of Eden. So Eve listens to Satan and Adam follows Eve into sin and they realize they're naked and they're ashamed and they're fearful and they run and they hide. And now they're going to live with the curses of sin, which is to follow the course of this the, the god of this world now they they gave up dominion of the world to satan so yes the created order um if, if you're not in christ is under the control of or the influence of satan however god is sovereign over all of that so at the end of the day you could say that a lot of these practices have some satanic influence but you can't necessarily describe them as satanic in nature like a hundred percent i don't know does that make sense yeah 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 so like how about so going back to halloween you have like the whole goblins and witches and vampires and all that which stuff. is a recent invention 
That's not that's not new. That's not like old. That's new. That, Americans came up with that stuff. Oh wow. We decided, oh, let's make it about witches and goblins and ghouls and all that kind of stuff. That's not what it was. Again, it was about harvest. It was about the season change. It was about darkness. It was about trying to figure out the 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 uh, annual cycle of the year. Uh, let's do a celebration to mark the end of harvest. Most of the time, that's what it was about. But again, so Christmas is a pagan holiday. Easter is a pagan holiday. And guess what our Christian forefathers did with those holidays? They Christianized them. They said, oh, you have a a day to celebrate darkness? Well, guess what? We have a day to celebrate darkness. And that was the day that Jesus came into the world and started to scatter the darkness. Let's just take your holiday and make it ours. (laughs) But there are some Christians that won't put up a Christmas tree. Yeah, that's true. Today. I mean, at least they're being consistent. What do you say to the person that, that, you know, does all these things mm. in disobedience, but when it comes to the stupid things like a Christmas tree, you know, it's, it's pagan. It's of pagan origin, so we, that's not mm. one in my house. You yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, you know, that that person has to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing how we make we make some things really, really, really bad as Christians, and then we make other things okay. And it's like I say this all the time from the pulpit too, because here's here's what we love to do as Christians. We love as churches. We all do this. Every church in America, does, including Water Church, we have a set of sins that we're okay with, right? And they're Ooh. resident in the church. Come on, like like <laughs> pride, like spiritual hypocrisy, like <laughs> jealousy and gossip. Have you ever been to a ladies' Bible study? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these we're okay with that, you know, and and yet then there's the sins that we're not okay with, which is you know um, whatever, whatever yeah. Christmas and I'm mean, not Christmas, but Halloween and 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 uh, and, tr- and trick or treating, whatever like that. And so what we're really famous for doing this, and what you have to remember about Jesus is that his harshest condemnation was for who? The religious insiders, right? The really spiritual people who looked down at other people who weren't like them, the Pharisees and their Sadducees and the religious leaders. Who put Jesus on the cross? The religious leaders, not the, you know, the pagans. They did, they, you know, Pilate didn't want to put him on the cross and the pagan and the religious insiders were like, no, please kill this guy. (laughs) You got to remember this. You got to read your Bible. And a lot of times we don't read our Bible. And so we just make, and I guarantee a lot of people who avoid Halloween, you got this idea from someone else and you never got this idea from studying history for yourself and making an educated decision about what is right and wrong for your family. You know, I'm not making a decision for you either. You need to just know the facts. Do you think some churches make that decision for them or help them make that decision that Halloween is wrong? I think that there are some churches like that. I I, I don't know. I would think. My church didn't do that. You just don't stop doing Halloween. As much as I say that my church growing up was the most dysfunctional church in western Massachusetts, it did not do anything about Halloween, which was funny. But did you guys, like growing up with your churches, I mean, you were raised Catholic. You were raised Catholic. I don't know. I don't think the Catholic church cares. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that no. was a big thing. No, so maybe, no, they didn't care about that. Yeah, but we were talking about this yesterday. Is the one, the churches that you got to watch out for are those rural, <laughs> isolated <laughs> churches where there's no one around them to say you guys are ridiculous, mm. you know, and they're so isolated by their their geography or whatever, and they make up these r- stupid rules and they put it on the kids. And the kids can't have any fun because everything's the devil. I mean, remember Church Lady from Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live? <laughs> yeah. where, <laughs> Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey did a great thing, you know, and Satan. 
you know, and he was just always about that. And some Christians are just like that. But if you're going to say, I'm going to avoid Halloween because of its pagan origins, then you better avoid Christmas and you better avoid Easter. You better have nothing to do with these things and be consistent. Um, and, and by the way, the, the biggest fact about Christmas, we celebrate Christ's birth on December 25th, but there's no historical evidence that he was born on December 25th. Right. Again, right. the church fathers, this is how brilliant they were. They were brilliant. I love this about them. They were like, hey, let's take all these pagan festivals and let's make them Christian to help educate people about Jesus, which I think is fantastic. This is what the church should do. The church should not rail against everything in culture. The church should look at the things in culture and say, how can I redeem that for the purposes of God to teach people about Jesus? Mm, right. Like, that's what we do as a church with our Use rock anything and roll. short of sin. Anything, yeah, I was just going to say that. Anything short of sin, right. Yeah. And, Somebody in Florida, uh, their first church in Florida taught against Halloween. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, Florida, you know, the heat gets to them after a while. They get, they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the weird Doug. things happen in Florida. That was you ever church. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you got to watch out for some of those Floridians. They're, they're, their brains are fried. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Anyway, few, uh, apologies to the few watchers from Florida. I'm sorry. <laughs> My family's in Florida. Sorry, family. Sorry, Mrs. Hatch. Yes, I'm sorry, Mom. Um, thank you for celebrating Halloween, though. I enjoyed it. I was always a ninja. Yeah. Yeah, that was my go-to. I think I was a pirate one year, and like seven years straight, I was a ninja. <laughs> I think it was because the costume was cheap. <laughs> it was like a black sheet with holes in it. Um, anyway, what you need to understand, too, is this. Everything, the Bible says this, everything that God created, including the sun, the moon, the stars, everything, everything that God created is created for us to enjoy. And that includes um, the trees and the, and the fruit of the trees and the harvest and, and the winter and the snow, as hard as that is to enjoy sometimes. But everything that we have as people from in our created order is from God. This is what Judaism brought to the world. Judaism brought to the world the idea that no, there is no such thing as a God of the moon or a God of the sun or a God of the trees or a God of the harvest or a God of the rain. Mm. That's what all the ancient people naturally believed. Judaism came along and said, no, there's one God that created everything. And he's not a thing. He's a spirit and he created it all. And so every, every Jew knew this. And that's why uh, Jews have lasted for so many centuries because if it's a, a terrible crop season, it doesn't disprove their God. If there's, uh, if the sun, uh, if there's a terrible rain season, it doesn't disprove their God. They know that, that God is using all these things to, to proclaim his glory. As it says in Romans, uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And, and so everything that he made is to be received with thanksgiving. Something interesting that you were talking about um, yesterday in our production meeting mm. was that even things like rocks and stones and like I know for uh, mm. for people that you know kind of followed in the uh, in the the origins of the magic and witches and orlocks and wizards and all yeah, that stuff. Modern inventions, not modern inventions, recent yeah. inventions. Yeah. So even like those items, those those rocks, those you know things that they would use for bad, yeah. those are still gods. Yeah, I mean, okay, so like in a pagan in a pagan world, they would make a, an altar. They would make an altar to a god, mm-hmm. and it's like what Jews realized was there's nothing really significant about that that rock that they're using because we know that our God made that rock. Right. That's basically what I'm saying, and and so they're saying, look, we're not going to fall for this. Oh, avoid that, avoid this, avoid that, avoid that, because that was you know used for the. It was it's God's rock. It's not the pagans' rock. You know, He made it. Now, did they participate in the worship of their gods? Of course not. Well. Actually, they did when they rebelled against God, but they were not they were not sitting there enjoying their pagan revelry because they worshiped the God who created all things. 
And that's the, the beauty of Christianity. See, Christianity actually frees you, friends. It frees you to rightfully enjoy all things. It doesn't limit you from enjoyment. It frees you into proper enjoyment. Mm. Every other cult, every other religious system calls something bad, something that God created bad. Christianity says, no, everything is created by God and is created for our good. However, our sinful inclinations of our hearts take those good things and manipulate them for our own evil purposes. And so what we have to realize is that the problem is not the things, the problem is in here. This is why people who avoid the public school system and educate their children at home, uh, they will sometimes raise a child who still wants nothing to do with God. And the reason is because the problem is not the public education system, the problem is the human heart. Right. The problem is not avoid the problem. The answer is not avoiding things. The answer is bringing people to Christ who changes the human heart. And I think we always forget this um, about Christianity. It's about the heart of man that has been that has been sold as a slave into sin. And we need to be redeemed and freed from that slavery so that we can open our eyes to the goodness of God around us and use all things that God has given us for the good of ourselves and for the good of our neighbor. That's right. I mean, that's yeah. good. That's good preaching right that's there. Awesome. I got nothing Amen. from you guys. But anyway. <laughs> we do have a comment. Yeah, comment. But they would like you to preach in your outfit this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will not. <laughs> All right, I tried. All right. <laughs> this is this hot. I'm actually hot in here. I sweat like a pig. Anyway, um, one, one of the things that's funny about Jesus, really actually not funny, amazing about Jesus. There is this, I want to show you this. This is really cool. John chapter 12. Look at this passage. It says, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these Greeks came to Philip. Now, Greeks worshiped the pantheon of gods, right? Zeus, Aphrodite, Apollo, Her- Hermes, Hades, yada, yada, yada. They had this pantheon of Greek gods. We all know yeah. this, right? Yeah. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, sir, we wish to see Jesus. These are the Greeks. We want to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew went and told Philip. And Philip went and told Jesus. This is like passing the note in, in uh, fifth grade to the girl you liked. Um, <laughs> I want to school. And, uh, and Jesus answered them. Okay, listen to his answer. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And you have to think that <laughs> when Jesus says this, the disciples are looking at themselves saying, is that a yes or is that a no? <laughs> can they come see him or can they not come see him? And uh, <laughs> the reality is Jesus is actually referring to Greek mythology here. This is what's phenomenal about this text. He's referring to uh, the Greek myth that a goddess named Persephone, who was, the, who was the daughter of the goddess of grain and wheat, Demeter, would fall into the earth every winter. She was abducted by Hades, kept in the underworld for four months, and then every year in spring, Zeus commanded that she be released from the ground, i.e. resurrected, and then the ground would be suitable for planting grain. You know what Jesus is doing? Jesus is taking the pagan mythology of uh, of the Greeks and using it to point to himself. That, to me, is mind-blowing. Exactly what the forefathers did. Exactly what the forefathers did with Easter, with Christmas, and with All Hallows' Eve, okay? We don't reject these things. We use these things to tell people about Jesus. Thus, 
trunk or treat. Here we go. This Saturday. Let's use it. Let's use um, people's desire to give their kids happy memories and lots of candy by getting them into our church parking lot and ultimately into our church service so that we can tell them about Jesus who can help them enjoy all these things. I tell you, an almond joy is good, but an almond joy with Jesus is even better. Ah. Anyway, (laughs) pastor, I can't have anything to do with something pagan. Okay. I understand that. I have this in my notes. This is like like somebody who would say, well, it's pagan. I I just don't have a problem with pagan. Okay. Well, what does the word pagan mean? Who came up with the word pagan? No idea. Christians. Do you know what the word pagan meant to ancient, to uh, medieval Christian missionaries who invaded, who not invaded, but went out to minister and bring the gospel to the Celts <clears throat> and to the Druids and to the, you know, the Anglo-Saxons, so to speak? Do you know who, do you know what the word actually meant? It no. meant people who don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> huh. People who need huh. to know about Jesus. <clears throat> the word pagan comes from a Latin word that has a similar meaning to the word field. It's a related Latin word uh, for field. Now, remember that Jesus says the fields are ripe unto harvest. Go into the fields and tell them about me. So they would take the word for field, pagan, very similar Latin word, pagan, and use that to refer to the people that they were sent to go reach with the gospel of Jesus. Wow. I got great advice for people who love to avoid everybody who's bad. Why don't you rather see them as your opportunity to share the light and love of Jesus. Instead of avoiding everything that they do, instead of running away like your scared chicken, how about you walk up to them and show them who Jesus is because he's changed your life. Amen. I mean, you you think that's a better option? Because my Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So no, I don't have to worry about the pagans influencing me. One of the passages of Scripture that people use about avoiding the lost is actually misused. It comes from 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. And it says, bad company corrupts what? You guys know this? Good character. Good character. character. Yeah. We use that to avoid non-Christians. And Paul is not using it in that context to tell them to avoid non-Christians. He's using it in that context to tell them to avoid false Christians. Ah. (laughs) How about the the verse about like being in the world but not of the world? Yeah, but where does that come from? That comes from John 17. In the high priestly prayer of Jesus, when he says, um, I'm not praying for those who are in the world. I'm praying for those who you have taken out of the world. And then he says in that same prayer, as you have sent me, so I send them. Where? Into the world. So it's not, we. yeah, okay, we are in the world, not of the world. But again, it's not that the world is dangerous to Christians. The world is the mission field to Christians. Christians are called to go ye into all the world and make disciples. And and, uh, no religion um, is more powerful than the Christian faith. And every God that every other religion worships is not real. I think that we have to remember that. Like that's there's no such there's no God. All the Hindu gods, they are they don't exist. (laughs) they're not real they worship false gods and so we have the true god we must go to the people who don't worship the true god and and tell them about about him um there's a bunch of people that say they go to harvest parties instead yeah go absolutely that's what it was it was a harvest party yeah but who goes to harvest parties who christian christians go to harvest party yeah they yeah because they don't want to do halloween party they don't want to call it halloween but they dress up and they go to the church and they get candy yeah (laughs) i've heard of that that. happy harvest so they could just open their door and say hi to their neighbor why don't you just call it a halloween party (laughs) save yourself the trouble (laughs) that's fine you want to go to a halloween you you uh, just talked about the neighbor thing that's a that's a great that's a great point 
Using Sometimes Halloween. you never get a chance to even have a conversation with your neighbors, but maybe exactly. that night they bang on your door. When do they bang on your door? Yeah, I know. They, they might think you're the freaky Christian over there. They, they avoid you. Where, where yeah. do we get if this? If your light's on, they might knock. Yeah. And where do, we, where do we get this idea? Oh, yeah. And please don't give the kids tracks. Please, if you're a Christian, <laughs> give the kids some candy for heaven's sakes. <laughs> anyway, um, where do we get this idea that we're supposed to um, stay away from the world? I just, I really have a hard time with this. And a lot of Christians think that. Worldly practices like, you know, drunkenness and sexual morality, yes, stay away from that stuff. But you got to love the world. You got to love people in the world because they need Christ. Yeah. Uh, question, how does that translate to children trick-or-treating at your door? How do you spread the word of God while handing out candy to kids in costume? All right, I, I might, this might sound offensive. and It might sound strange coming from a pastor, but maybe that's not the time. <laughs> To tell people about Jesus. I mean, the kids come into your door for candy. Give them candy. <laughs> Does that sound unspiritual? I don't know. I don't I, think so. They come to my door, I give them candy, and I'm the pastor. <laughs> I, I don't sit there and say, okay, now kids, now fold your hands and let me tell you about Jesus. I mean, I don't do that. Um, you, you, you've got to realize that if you do that too, you might get known as the religious nut job. Well, yeah, because the, the point is, I mean, are they going to come back next year if you exactly. were that guy? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Why don't you be the house where they get the best candy? Build the relationships. Candy. Yeah. Not the snack oh, bar. That guy, the yeah. Hey, that mom, this guy down the street, he gave us the big candy, not the cheapskate bag candy. Yeah, he king gave size. us the bars. Snickers and then, king size. And then, when their parent yeah, the runs, size. and then when their parent runs into you at the bus stop, they're like, thank you for that candy. And then that's when you say, yeah, I think, yeah no problem. We love doing it. Then love next the year, they'll be at your house first yeah and then you tell them oh have you ever been to church where do you go to church how you that's when you start yeah building connections build the connections we serve a god who sent his son to come live on this earth with us for 30 years before he opened his mouth to say anything to us remember that christians he lived with us he experienced life with us and then after having been with us saying nothing about himself then he opened his mouth like Christians, you're, you shouldn't start a relationship off with a non-believer by saying, do you know if you're going to heaven or to hell? I mean, that shouldn't be the first thing <laughs> that you do to make a, a non-Christian know you. If you were dying tonight, do you know where you'd go? Yeah, right. Uh, when Socket Campus pastor chimed in, just give the kids candy, exclamation point, sharing the gospel with people doesn't mean you need to talk or hand out information. Thank you, Jim. Jim Shackleton. Superhero Jim. 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 Jim Shacks. Jimmy Shack. <laughs> okay, anyway. I, I also have bad news for the avoiders. Um, yes, on Halloween night, yes, uh, there may be some amount of demonic decor that gets put out on houses and on lawns by otherwise law-abiding non-demonic people. But think about this. On Thanksgiving, do we not all become gluttons? <laughs> On Christmas, do we not serve our own greed, and especially the greed of our spoiled, rotten children? Mm. On Easter, do we not suddenly show up at church for the first time in 10 months and act like we're Christians when we have nothing to do with it for 10 months straight? Hello, I'm here. On July 4th, do we not celebrate our great country by buying illegal fireworks and setting them off in our homes, especially or in our yards, especially in Massachusetts, uh, not mentioning any present company? 
Um, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, it's funny how we just cherry pick Halloween because, oh, demons. Yeah, but okay, and on Thanksgiving, we're all going to eat way too much food when there's starving people all over the place. Do we then just avoid Thanksgiving? And Halloween belongs to the, the day belongs to the Lord, right? Exactly. So, Every day belongs to the Lord. That's what I'm saying. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made and there's no qualifier. It's not Sunday. Every day is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. All right, so I've said my piece about that, I think. And uh, that brings me to 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Do you have something else you want to say? I was going to mention, um, how about, the, how about uh, the whole thing about the avoider and the uh, embracer? Yeah, that's what we're going to get to right here. 1 cool. Corinthians 10, 23, because here's what Paul's talking about when it comes to food sacrifice to idols. In the Corinthian church, they had a problem because some Christians had no problem eating meat that had been sold in the market that had been offered and sacrificed to a false god. And some Christians had serious problems with that. They couldn't eat the meat. Now, again, they weren't participating in the festivals of the, of the worship to these false gods. They weren't doing that. But they were... Um, some Christians were eating the meat because this meat was cheaper. It was, <laughs> you know, cheaper meat. Mm. Hey, I, I, that helps me save some money. I'll buy that meat. It, oh, it's, it's sacrificed to idols. Who cares? I don't care. I know that God created all things. So they ate the meat. Right. But some Christians were like, no, I can't possibly eat meat like that. Okay, so that, there you go. You got an embracer and avoider right there, but it's about a totally different issue. And Paul says to them these words. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Um, and all things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold at the market. In other words, just eat it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In the words of Michael Jackson, just beat it, but just eat it. And so just eat it. Eat whatever is sold at the meat market. <laughs> okay. Um, so he says, don't raise any questions. In other words, if you buy it, don't, don't, don't ask. It might be better just not to ask whether it was sold, whether it was offered to idols or not. And then he says, for the earth is the Lord's. Again, there's that Jewish concept, the Judeo ethic of, of, of theology. Everything we know that is made is made by God and the fullness thereof. And then verse 27, he says, if, any, if one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, he says this, eat whatever is set before you and don't ask any questions. So as a Christian, look at what it says. Go eat with the unbelievers. I love that. Wow. Go to the Halloween party with unbelievers. Don't ask any questions. Just go, because why? You are the light of the world. Right. You are the salt of the earth. Open you are a light. city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Mm. And so he says this, go, don't ask any questions. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then don't eat it. But notice what he says, for the sake of the one who informed you, and for the sake of conscious, again, not your conscious, but his. In other words, so you go out to eat with unbelievers, and you're with another believer, because that's who would say this. An unbeliever wouldn't, a non-believer wouldn't say, oh, right. by the way, this is offered to idols. Right. So a believer would say, just so you know, to a fellow believer, he said, just so you know, uh, this has been offered to idols. So that believer obviously has a problem with the meat, right? Right. So he's an avoider. And here's what Paul says. So if you're with an avoider, and he says to you, this is offered to idols, don't eat it for the sake of his conscience. In other words, if you're an embracer of Halloween, don't, don't push it down the throats of those who avoid it. Just, you know, kind of ignore each other for the three days that <laughs> consist of Halloween or whatever. Yeah, and don't try to, you know, uh, be a jerk about it. You know, hope we're, I hope we're not coming along uh, across as jerks today. <laughs> but uh, we, we're just trying to kind of show you this is... 
what really is the origins of Halloween and then why you should be able to f- be fine with it. Because again, it is not rooted in Satanism. It is not rooted in that stuff. But then he says this, just consider your brother. And it says this, if I partake with thankfulness, verse 30, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? In other words, you just embrace it because everything is made by God. And don't, don't do something that causes your brother to be offended. Right. You're a brother and sister in Christ. So even the avoiders out there that are watching us right now, and maybe you're, you're, you're disgusted by our attitude about Halloween, we don't want to offend you. We don't want to say we're better than you. Uh, we're just different than you. And we love you as brothers and sisters. And if you want to continue to be an avoider, yeah. continue to be an avoider. That's yeah. your choice. We are not. I am not that kind of a pastor who tells you one way or the other. But we as a church will try to use whatever we can to bring people to Christ. So when it comes to trunk or treat, what should you do? Uh, here's what you should do. If if you are an avoider, avoid trunk or treat. If you are an embracer, embrace it. Come, come on down. Out. Come Hallelujah. On. Eat One some candy. Amen. It is going to be a blast. It's gonna, and bring um, a neighbor who doesn't know Christ, please. And then hopefully they'll come to church. And if you're a vacillator, flip a coin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, which brings me to one last thing we got to talk about real quick. The Reformation. This October is huge. It's a huge date in Christian history because the Reformation is 500 years old this wow. October 31st. That's fantastic. Cool. Yes. That's why I'm dressed like Martin Luther, and I have my little Martin Luther bobblehead doll. I am your father. I actually sell that. Waters Church, I am your father. Now let me tell you why, why he's our father. Martin Luther was a German monk. He was a professor of theology at the University of Wittenberg in the 1500s. And on October 31st, having become fed up with the church's sale of indulgences, the Catholic church's sale. It was a very bad and dark time for the Catholic church. They were selling indulgences. In fact, St. Peter's Basilica is built on the money sold, uh, raised by selling indulgences. And uh, priests were basically saying, hey, you buy this piece of paper and your dead relatives get out of purgatory faster, or you get out of purgatory faster. It was really a manipulative you know, way of the church. It was just a bad season. Well, Martin Luther is the German monk uh, who has a serious problem with this. And on top of that, he has a serious problem with the fact that he can't be good enough for God. Uh, he would bug his confessor to death. He would go and see him over every little thought, every little evil thought. He would go and confess, and his confessors got fed up with him. And anyway, eventually he um, f- figures out that righteousness doesn't come from the church and doesn't come from the priest. It comes from Christ. It's a gift of God through faith. And he reads that famous passage in Romans chapter 1, 16 to 17, where there's a righteousness that comes from God and is received by faith and, and all that stuff. And I'm butchering that text. I'm sorry, but read it for yourself. Romans 1, 16 and 17. And what he does is he goes to the door of Wittenberg, Wittenberg Castle, and he nails 95 theses against the wall, uh, criticizing the sale of indulgences and the church's abuse of power and all that stuff. And so because of Martin Luther, we get justification by faith. Uh, he starts to write about this. The church deems him a heretic. They call him out to the Diet of Worms. <laughs> it was not eating worms. It was a uh, church conference. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Actually, the word is uh, properly pronounced the Diet of Worms. And so a church conference comes together. They call it the Diet of Worms. And they say, Martin Luther, recant. Uh, or there's going to be serious problems for you. And he makes a famous, famous statement. He says, um, unless I am compelled by Scripture, uh, uh, or by clear conscience, uh, I am bound by the scriptures. I have quoted, and my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything since it is neither safe nor right to go against my conscience. May God help me. Amen. Some people say that he said, Here I stand. I can do no other. May God help me. 
Amen. So, because of him, um, we have two branches of Christianity, Protestant and Catholic. And uh, he translate, he goes on from there, and he translates the German Bible uh, from the Latin into, actually from the original sources, Greek and Hebrew, into the German language for the German people. Well, this starts to just spur people on to finally read the Bible for themselves. Now they see what God is all about. Now they can learn about Jesus for themselves and, and know that there's faith and righteousness from God as a gift, not through their works of righteousness. He writes a fantastic hymn called A Mighty Fortress is Our God. We still sing that in some churches still today. He married a nun, which I think that's appropriate. Good for you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and because of Martin Luther, I was saying that because, because of Martin Luther, we have in many respects today as Protestant Christians, we have Bibles in our hands and on our phones. Uh, we sing wonderful worship songs in our, in our, in our gatherings. And pastors like me and Pastor Shane over here can get married and have babies. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Martin Luther. Because <laughs> that whole celibacy thing was, oof, yeah. I don't think I could do that. No, me either. But anyway, Lutheranism starts and then there's other forms of Protestantism. And I know Protestants have a horrible track record of staying unified. We've got so many, we've got like 30,000 Protestant denominations. The one thing the Catholics have over us is they have been able to stay together. Stuck yeah, together. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we have fractured into a thousand different pieces. And so uh, 500 years later and a ton of hating each other and name calling each other and telling each other that we're going to hell because we don't believe like everybody else or we don't believe exactly according to one person in the one sect of Christians in the Protestant faith. 500 years later, I think the dust has settled. The fights have started to calm down and we have come together and Waters Church is filled with all kinds of denominations. Many yeah. Catholics, actually. A lot of Catholics. Tons. Many Catholics, Presbyterians, Methodists, Pentecostals, Charismatics. Baptists. Baptists. You over there. <laughs> Were you a Baptist? No. no. <laughs> I got labeled Baptist. Baptist. Oh, oh, that's right. I like right. to yeah, call yeah, him a Baptist. Yeah, right. <clears throat> anyway, he's my Baptist brother. Um, and all kinds of denominations, uh, because we are not about a certain church form. We are about Jesus. And so thank you, Martin Luther, because of Martin Luther who was not a saint, by the way. I mean, this guy had some serious issues, too, with Jews and other things, and I want to give you the full, you know, full disclosure there. So don't mm -hmm. worship this guy as some kind of god. <laughs> he was a man who was used in one way. Was, he was serious hang-ups, just like everybody else. Right. But anyway, because of Martin Luther, we have Waters Church. We have Trunk or Treat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are going to have a good time. So come on out. You guys have anything else to say? Any more comments? Any more Any things questions? to say? No, not not too many. Uh, just I'm surprised there's not more questions today. Yeah, me too. This is a hot topic. Yeah. Yeah, most people agree, though. Well, thank you for agreeing. And yeah, if awesome. you didn't agree, you probably didn't comment. True. So. Yeah, true. Someone went to Salem this weekend and was judged by their friends. Judged by the witches or judged by Jesus? Uh, or no, judged just, by the Christian? Judged by Christians because they went to Salem this weekend. Well, I got to tell you, I can't wait for Stranger Things too. I don't know about you. I'm having a party. Just this song. This song. The scent is, so is fantastic. Who's is this Giorgio Morata? I have no idea. No. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Martin Luther, happy 500th anniversary. Thank you for helping us get to Waters Church. You are our father. In some respects, weird respects, but nonetheless, enjoy the candy, everybody. This was the deep end. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We're located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. 
Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.